Hello, Earth Angels, and welcome back to another episode of Alignment Academy. I'm your host, Kristen. I'm a mindset and confidence coach. I'm a soul purpose activator and intuitive business guide. I blend my intuitive gifts with spiritual tools and also business strategy to help all of my clients heal their self-doubt, show up confidently, overcome the fear of being seen, start and grow their businesses, step into their soul's purpose, all that good stuff. This is my soul's purpose and I'm so happy you're here. I love the podcast because it's a place where you guys can get value for free, get to know me and yeah, I just love connecting with you through this way and if you're a listener, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. It has been a couple months since I started the podcast and I honestly freaking love it. I feel like it's such a good way for me to connect with you guys on a deeper level and I feel like you guys know more about my life, some stuff that I just don't feel comfortable sharing, um, you know, on, on the gram. And yeah, I've just been really, really loving it these last few months. With that being said, I have one of the best episodes I've ever recorded for you guys today. It is with someone I have been obsessed with and looked up to since I found her on TikTok probably like a year ago. Her name is Samantha Chung or Simplifying Sam on Instagram and TikTok. And Sam is a manifestation and mindset coach, but the way she breaks down concepts and the way her brain thinks is just freaking amazing. She is so good at conceptualizing hard to understand topics and just bringing it down to a very, very yeah easy way to understand things. And these are like 5D topics, like very high level thinking topics. It's so funny. So we get on the Zoom, right? And we have been like connected, but we haven't ever really like talked. So we wanted to like just catch up before we started recording. But then our conversation got so good and so juicy. I was like, Sam, I feel like we just need to push record now because this stuff is the stuff that people need to hear. And she was like, okay, okay, let's just record. So basically this podcast starts like very sporadically. There's literally no intro. It's just like we just dive in and we start talking. And you guys are going to hear that. It's a very candid conversation. Truly, like we're just shooting the shit on Zoom because that's basically what we were doing. But again, one of my favorite conversations. But I wanted to catch you guys up with what we were talking about in the beginning because I started it literally in the middle of our conversation. Basically, we were talking about how when you ask the universe for expansion for more, when you ask the universe for a quantum leap, it will give it to you, but sometimes it's not in the packaging that you thought, right? And if you guys know what's been going on in my life, if not, go back to episode one that I've been going through my own little quantum leap and massive acceleration. Um, and it's come with really shitty packaging. <laughs> it's come with a lot of hard human experiences. And that's really what we're talking about in that first part. Um the packaging is not always great when we ask for expansion and growth, but it does help us grow and learn and do its job. And our higher self is up there in the ethers like, you're right on schedule, girly. Just keep going. So I hope you guys enjoy it. We cover so many topics in this episode from death and rebirth to manifestation to quantum leaps to accepting what is to what it really is like, like living inside and outside of the matrix and how to get out of the matrix it's just juicy, juicy, juicy. So I'm going to let you guys enjoy it. If you guys loved the episode, I would love if you would give me five stars, leave a review, um, screenshot and send it to me, all of the things. I love talking to you guys in the DMs and 
just, yeah, I'm glad that I can give you this amazing conversation. I think it's going to lift your vibration just like it lifted mine and help you think a little bit differently, especially if you're going through something in your life. I think it will give you perspective because it definitely gave me perspective. All right, guys, I love you. Enjoy the episode. Yeah, but the packaging is for real. Like the packaging. Oh, yeah. Like, this is the shittiest packaging I've ever seen. You're like, this is not what I ordered. Like this, <laughs> this, I, I saw something on Amazon and I ordered it and it came in this like shitty packaging. And this is, this is not the item that I requested, but it is. You're always getting what you ask for, but the way that it shows up in your life life is not always going to be in the way that you expect it. We want transformations to feel like rosy, gold, easy peasy. But no, I mean, for like the most common example ever is going into the chrysalis, right? You just become this freaking goop. You just go into darkness. And something I was talking to my clients about yesterday was we have to get comfortable with the death and rebirth cycle. It's all of life, you know, right now mm. it's turning into summer here, kind of skipped spring, but it was really rainy, really wintry, like so many grapes, like did not get fully harvested and like the wine production is down. But, you know, now that all the flowers are blooming, there were some cherry blossoms here recently. I was just walking around and just thinking, wow, everything gets reborn, but like everything. And, you know, that's mm. also reflected in the, the menstrual cycle and so many different things. But, you know, as a human who's had, who's going to potentially have a lifetime of, let's see, who knows, 80, 100 years or more, right. how many times am I going to have to like die throughout that process to really find myself? It's, Dude. it sucks, but it, it doesn't. sucks. <laughs> it sucks and it doesn't. And the more you resist it, the more painful it's going to be. It's like you can <sighs> either suffer through the death or you can accept that this is a natural part of life on earth. And yes, and it's like, okay, now I can actually just move through it with knowing this of like, and appreciation, right? When you know it's actually gonna end, and this is something I've told so many of my friends that are in like weird situations with their partners. I'm like, listen, I never got that. This is the last week you're gonna be with him. So mm. while you're in it, just soak up every moment because if you know it's means yeah. to an end, just be there. Just be there and be like, I'm gonna enjoy it while it's while, while it's here because it's not gonna be forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that when you're when you're aware of the constant life like life and or yeah, life and re death cycle, just just constant cycle, you can actually just be more present because you yes. know everything is gonna come to an end. <laughs> You know yes. I mean? And really understanding that death and life are so interconnected. Like if I mm. reject death, I'm actually rejecting life too. Wow. Because yeah, when I'm going through like my death before my rebirth, you know, that's part of my life. So as I reject this falling apart process, I'm rejecting literally my life, which is why it feels so bad to resist it. You know, every single emotion we resist, the reason why it feels bad to not accept them is because they are all forms of life. Yeah. Anything, any life that we reject does not feel good to us because life supports that which supports life. And so when we are in support of life, which is energy, whether that be in the form of rage, anger, sadness, anxiety, pain, we reject all that there is. And so we suffer. And so welcoming all of these energies into our life, which is, I think, really what healing is. Healing is saying, okay, okay, my mind says no, but my soul or something higher says, yes, this is okay with me. Yes, this is leading to my growth. Yes, this is leading to my evolution. Once we accept and integrate that, then nothing hurts as bad, right? And it doesn't mean you don't go through the death and rebirth cycle. You do. <laughs> I feel like I go through it like every Mercury retrograde, right? I think we've gone direct. I already feel this like lifting yes. of the veil. Yes. But because I have accepted death as part of life, the way I move through that is completely different. You know, I've learned now that 
you can experience contrast without suffering, right? You know, comparing and contrasting is a natural part of life. And I think about when you were a kid, like the first essay you ever wrote was like to compare and contrast. And it wasn't actually to decide which one was better or worse. It was just to see like, can you actually notice like different characteristics and comment on the similarities and differences, not evaluate them or measure them, but can you just Mm -hmm. notice that? And so all throughout my life, I'm seeing like darkness, light, you know, higher, lower, and even like looking at the scale of consciousness, it's so easy to think like, oh, these are worse than these, right? Oh, right. joy and enlightenment is what I want rather than pain and anger. But all of these are just fluctuations of the same thing. Like it's all the same. And so it's experiencing, all it's all source and it's all self-created. It's like we create mm-hmm. everything. It's so, it's actually pretty amazing when you think about it, like even your death cycles, you're creating that too to experience it to to rebirth yourself. Everything mm-hmm. is being created for your own evolution. And I think when you know that, it's like it makes it just a little bit easier. It's still hard because we're in a human body and we have density. Totally. But yeah, it's a human human experience is trippy. Truly, the only thing that's gotten me through like this massive, just like dark night of the soul is like the five D perspectives of like looking at my life from not even just above me, not even my higher self, like above my higher self. Sometimes I go even one, one, you know, level up. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to look at my higher self, looking at this human playing this video game out and see her yes. crying in her bed and be like, she's right on schedule. You know, she's, she's, she's doing it. She's on the human plane, you know, feeling the feelings and that sucked for her to go through. But like literally remembering that this is a video game and we can yes. change the reflection on the screen at any point in time. Like I just watched a TikTok um, of like Dolores Cannon. I don't know if you've gotten into her work. Love I'm her. just now dabbling. Like today I started her book <laughs> and she really says like it's just a video game like all all these people that you see around you that you don't know like they're just extras and it's like wow when you really realize that you are just the main player in your own video game and you can actually manipulate what you see at any point in time you hold immense power because you realize that you no longer are just kind of like just moving through life and somebody else is like controlling you it's like no i am the controller and when you become the controller now entire world of possibilities opens up right entire world literally you're only ever seeing yourself that's it Mm. this entire world i feel like my body is just this like moving projector screen like i just move myself and then see different things being sort of reflected in my awareness but i'm a huge fan of dolores cannon's work and i actually last year something that really shifted me was going to see someone who was a level three qhht practitioner okay insane. So Dolores Cannon's work essentially puts you into a very deep sort of trance hypnosis. This was six hours. Like I had no, that's the crazy thing about time too, is you realize what, what is it? What's five minutes? What's six hours? I have no idea. I'm under for six earth time hours experiencing literally my, this sounds so insane. Oh my God. I'm hearing myself talk, but my soul (laughs) was just traversing through like different what I can only describe as dimensions, worlds, timelines, Mm. and realizing that this is just one experience of my consciousness. And it's honestly really dope. I'm like, this is so cool that I'm witnessing this. And I love the video game example you use, because when I think of exiting the matrix, it's really just, you don't leave the video game. You just realize like this shit's open world. Like, I don't even have to follow like the objective of the game. Like I can literally just like wander through the fields and like do whatever I want and like do side quests. And what sort of renders on the screen is what you choose to see depending on the decisions that you make. So if I decide I want to go like 
that way, for example, then that's what begins to be rendered on the screen. I see what's over there. But until I go that way, it's kind of like in a void of possibility. Mm -hmm. I don't see it on the screen. But that doesn't mean that it's not there. What I experience is based on my literal choice. And so what I'm constantly talking to my clients about is how do we become a conscious choice maker, a conscious decision maker? Because so many of the decisions and the ways that we turn and go and things that we do, we're not making them. We're just like robotically repeating actions. I'm like, who decided that? Like, why did you go there? I And I'm constantly asking why, why, why? Because we're always going to get to the root of what energy is creating that action. Like what is motivating that? Is it my fear and my smallness or is it my expansive possibility knowing self, right? Mm-hmm. And the energy that you live in is so much more important than like what gets rendered over there, right? But we get so obsessed with what is over there. And I'm like, what's over there is just more of you. Like, that's it. So what you're experiencing through you in this moment is way more important than what's over there. And I mean, it's fun. It's fun teaching people that really everything comes by and through them. It's so awesome because I basically get to teach people that you have all the power and they've just been completely, totally hypnotized into believing that they have no power at all. And it's just like the greatest realization when they like get it. They're like, wait, this is just like, this is just me. Like I'm just projecting shit. Like I'm just experiencing myself. And I'm like, yeah. Like you don't even know that I literally exist. Like, just think about that. Like, how do you know I exist? (laughs) They're like, I don't know. Cause like you're, I'm like, I'm literally like a figment of like your imagination. Like I'm, I'm not even like a real person. Like, I don't even know that you're a real person. All I know is what I'm experiencing through my life, through my eyes. Yeah. Like the people around you could literally just be like, video game characters they could they might not oh my gosh my mind is blown right now i've also decided i'm just gonna this whole thing is gonna be the podcast we'll do your intro like halfway (laughs) (laughs) perfect perfect no this is so good like the authentic connection and the flow is always the best i always find that if we don't hit record i'm like oh the best shit wasn't recorded (laughs) i know i know well off of that we're gonna we're gonna introduce sam probably halfway through guys but there's too much (laughs) right here to cover um do you believe that you're god Well, it depends on what your definition of God is. I'm very careful how I answer that because Mm. I could be saying different things to different people. Okay. But yeah, what I would say is I'm the universe pretending to be Samantha Chung. That's what I would say. Yeah. I I don't like to, I'm very like iffy about the way that I use the word God because even me, like I was, I was so indoctrinated to think so many different things about Mm. that word. And I was a very huge, um, I rejected religion very intensely as a child because I was raised in the Christian Bible Belt. And Mm. what I saw growing up was such separation. I didn't call it that as a kid, but Mm. it was, if you don't believe what I believe, like you're going to die and go to hell. And I Mm. I just remember thinking, I don't think that's right, guys. (laughs) I remember as a child questioning that and not thinking that that was right. I didn't think it was correct to be shamed for what I believed or didn't believe. And my parents were really good about not really raising me in a religion. So these were literally just concepts that were introduced to me at some point. And because of the ways I heard people talk about God, so to speak, I just thought, yeah, that's not for me. So I rejected it for a really long time, which actually kept me from my I, my spiritual growth too, because I, I kind of saw them being related and they are. Mm-hmm. And I had to get past a lot of that skepticism and the distortion of language to really see the truth. And now what's really interesting is I can really gain a lot of truths from a text like the Bible. There's a lot of good shit in there. But because it, I was so distorted to think that it was like, 
not right. The way that people were interpreting it and distorting it made me think like, oh, like that's not right. Or like, that's not me, but I'm seeing it's the people who are distorting the messages. The message is pure. There's so much energetic weight around the word God. And even myself, I tend to like to use the word like source or even universe, even though it's so much bigger than the universe. It's just like, there's less energy connected to that word. Yeah. It's more neutral. It's more neutral. And ultimately, source is neutral. Source (laughs) is completely neutral. And I think the reason why that's so important that you said that because God has the energetic weight of negativity because we learned that God was punishing, Mm -hmm. right? That there was a, um, yeah, that there was this punishment energy to it. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I learned as a child. Like, oh, if you don't do this, then like God will punish you, right? Fear-based, control-based, guilt-based, right? Everything was used to control. And so learning words like, yeah, source, universe, it gives me that gateway to neutrality. Um, yeah, and I don't I don't experience as much internal rejection. But the more I expand, the less, the more neutral the word God becomes. Mm-hmm. So that's been interesting Same. because, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of other creators and um, writers using that word. And I used to, I used to actually, when I was reading books, I always crossed it out and wrote the word source every single time. Yeah. Like I was reading, um, I'm trying to think of what book I was reading where, well, like even Course in Miracles, it uses God all the time. And so I would go through it and I would just cross it out, cross it out because it just, as I was reading it, I had this like entrained response to the word. And so I was like, I need to neutralize this. I need to neutralize this. But the more I've expanded, yeah, I haven't needed to neutralize it as much because I, I see through the, the energetic distortion that's not really there. And so, but I know that other people are still burdened by that energetic weight and I don't want to confuse them. So that's why I don't use that word in my content a lot because totally people like the old me, right, would be like, oh, this bitch doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, oh, she's a Christian or something like that. And uh, it's so close-minded, but I don't know. I love that version of me too, because she just, she just didn't know. She didn't know. And it actually makes sense that the higher you ascend, so if source is really all that is, which is unconditional love in, in yes. its, its full essence, then the higher you ascend and the more conscious you become, the more you become a match to unconditional love and neutrality, right? And if that yeah. is where you're going, then it makes sense that everything else underneath just becomes more neutral to you. It's yes. Like even the worst case scenario in your life, something like, yes. I, like what I went in, in through, you're just like, oh, well, to source, he feels neutral about this, even though my human feels Mm. so angry and so mad and so hurt and she's grieving. Source is just like sitting up there in unconditional love. Like, yep, I know it's actually just bringing her back home to me. So this is actually the best thing that's ever happened to her versus the worst thing. And when you can actually hit that higher 5D perspective, maybe it's even a 7D perspective, who the fuck knows? Mm It's like, wow, you can actually really change your life. You know what I mean? Like you can actually really find internal peace, which is kind of the point of spirituality. Kind of the entire point. Something that I (laughs) tell people, or it's even like in my bios, is I always say I'm transforming your perception, Mm. right? I'm, I'm not actually the one changing your life. You're doing that. But I'm really just mirroring back to you what your perception is giving you right? What type, what type of experiences are reflecting back the perception you have about yourself in the world? When we transform that, everything changes. Like we're just transforming perception. And like you said, oh, the 5D perspective or 7D perspective, whatever perspective that is, 
it's just a perspective shift. It's just looking at the same thing from a different angle. And so I don't believe my mind anymore when it says things like, oh, this is terrible or like, oh, this is a bad thing or this shouldn't be happening. I'm like, why do I think, why isn't it? Why is it happening though? You know, I was actually just recounting to my clients yesterday that I was in a hotel lobby recently and this person was not giving me my key to the room because apparently my name wasn't on the reservation and my friends had checked in earlier, but weren't at the hotel. And so I was trying to explain, like, I have the email reservation and everything. I have the text message from the person with the name on file and all this stuff. And she just was, you know, power tripping it out and was like, you're not getting this key. Like your name is not on the reservation. And I was getting so upset. And the thoughts in my mind were like, this shouldn't be happening. This should, Like, she should be letting me into my room. And all I could hear were these shoulds. And now I know when I hear those shoulds, I shouldn't really, really take them so seriously because they don't, my mind doesn't actually know what should be happening or shouldn't be happening. It's taking a wild guess. And so I like escorted myself to the lobby bar to sit there until my friends came back. And I sat there and thought about what if, like, what if this was supposed to be happening though? You know, like what benefit and advantage do I get to believing that it shouldn't be happening? Because in that scenario, I'm just arguing with life. I'm just competing with what is already going on. And so I'm creating my own suffering. The suffering is not coming from the lady not giving me my key. It'd be easy to project it onto that. But the suffering is coming from my rejection of the experience Thinking that life she is should. giving. <laughs> Thinking she should. And that's what I keep trying to teach my clients is like, it's not the neutral. Like, as soon as I actually, I was about to like call them, get the manager out. Like that part of the know-it-all was about to come out. And then I just stopped and noticed myself and was like, I don't think this has to do with the lobby receptionist. Like I could feel all of this rejection and like it, like resistance and like anger inside. And I was like, I don't think it's her. Mm -hmm. And that's such a beautiful moment to have with yourself because all of life, if you think it's her and you think it's that, then you're totally powerless because now I have to forcibly change the will of another person. I can't do that. That person has free will. So once again, I escorted myself to the lobby bar and was like, okay, what am I believing has gone wrong? And how do I know I'm right? Like, I don't believe anymore that my mind knows that it's right because I'm like, maybe you're freaking wrong. Like maybe if I got the lobby key and like left the hotel any earlier, like a cab would have hit me. I don't know. And source was like, no, 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 no. Don't give her the key. Don't give her the key. <laughs> right. Like make her ass sit in the lobby. Or maybe it just wanted me to realize like, yo, like your expectations are a little bit need to be checked. Need You need to check them right now. You need to check your expectations and like go with the flow of life. And so, yeah, you're right. It is the belief like you should do that. Like that should happen. And so when we argue with life, I think maybe it was Louise Hay who said this, like you lose 100% of the time. Or maybe it was Byron Katie. You lose 100% of the time when you argue with life. And so my life has become so much easier when I've been able to, like you said, take that neutrality perspective. I'm like, how can I see something as simple as this lady not giving me my key as completely neutral it's not something that is not supposed to be happening or is happening to me for example right because then i'm a victim of the circumstance it's just life doing life and i get an opportunity to observe what i think about it and my emotions tell me that it's so cool like my emotions literally reveal to me what my subconscious is thinking about a situation and now i get excited about that shit i'm like what is in there what is in there? Like, what are you thinking? What invisible rule do you think has been broken? And how can we dissolve that so we can find peace again? Oh my gosh, so good. And this is reminding me, have you read the book, uh, The Surrender Experiment? By Michael Singer. Mm -hmm. Yes. My yes. grandpa, my spiritual grandpa. <laughs> yes, everybody's <laughs> spiritual grandpa. 
Yeah. So I actually just reread it. I finished it last night. So I read it, reread it for the <sighs> second time. But I mean, the premise of the entire book is listening to the voice in your head and realizing that it's always trying to fight what is. And yeah. then once you just sit back and let the hand of the universe, you know, yes. really take take charge, you're actually going to manifest more than you could have ever consciously manifested, right? And that's something that I love that you talk about a lot in your content as well, of like the fact that when you're actually in flow, when you're actually on your highest timeline, the things that you're going to manifest are even freaking better than anything that you could have consciously thought you wanted. Yeah. And also a lot of what you consciously think you want, you were just trained to want anyways. Like your soul <laughs> wants your soul wants way more than like a fucking car or like a house. Like it's honestly kind of lame when you think about the things that people want. And what's been so interesting is, you know, getting lots of people into a group container and really getting curious about like what is it that we want? And it's like all the same stuff, which is not wrong or bad, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you guys know that there's like a totally like higher frequency of things that you can want and desire, right? And they haven't even thought to think past that because they're so stuck on the attachment to some arbitrary object, right? But I think that what I'm teaching people now, and it's so funny because it almost feels like I'm like a D manifestation coach these days because <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I am helping you get what you want, but by helping you realize that what you want is not the thing, it's a right. feeling. And so sometimes we, we take the focus off of the thing that you want and they're like, wait, 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 but like, how do I get the house? And I'm like, no, 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 forget the house. It's not that you can't get the house. It's that the energy that you are embodying, the state of being that the house you think is going to give you, that's way more important for us to focus on. Let's let's do that part because that's the energetic part. Mm -hmm. And then people forget that the law of attraction is law. Like you don't actually have to worry about it. You can embody the state of being and then know by law, it will take care of itself. Yes, you will take action from that aligned place. But if that's what you're doing, you don't have to worry about the result like ever, because it's only going to match what you are radiating. And so that is what I'm trying to reverse engineer for everyone. Because when we go to outcome, when we outsource every feeling to outcome, we're always behind the eight ball. Like we're, we're never there. We're always going for the next carrot. And especially like with money, right? Money's infinite. Like we can't stop counting money. So when, when does it stop? And that's why I don't like to use the word enough because what is that? Like, oh, I just want enough money. I just want to be good enough. What is that? Like, how will you know? How will you know that you've gotten to enough? What's enough for you is not enough for someone else. All of these are relative, right? So I've just banished the idea of enough. I'm like, everything's good. Everything's all right. Like, there's no, there's no enoughness. Like, everything, whatever is, whatever you got is enough. Like, you are enough, whatever. The amount of money being enough or the amount of stuff being enough, it's so arbitrary. And it's so, it constantly changes. Like, as you put on, like, a new lens, you reach, like, a new level of yourself, it changes again. You know, it's amazing working with clients too, who they have businesses that are multiple six figures. And they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't think I have like a, I don't have a real business yet. Like, I feel like I still need to whatever. And I'm like, you're making $300,000. Like what are, like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Like, I just, I just feel like it's not organized. It's not enough. Like I, I need to do more stuff. And I'm like, babe, it's not going to be enough at 3 million with that attitude. Yeah. And I don't get it. That's actually one of my my qualms with the coaching industry and not the industry in general, but I guess just like how we speak about it. It's like you're the thing that you did this month is now is now the ground, right? Yeah. So like it's that's awesome that you hit your first 50k month, but now that's yeah. the floor. So you better hit 60k next month or you're not successful anymore, you know? It's like it's never enough as you say. So 
what words do you use to replace enough? Mm, so for me, when it comes to, I don't think of income goals anymore. That's something I've completely banished. And I agree with you when it comes to the coaching industry, because it's like, here's how to have your first five figure month. Like, here's how I re I'm like, what are we talking about? For me, it's like, <laughs> can we talk about something more interesting? <laughs> I'm like, for me, I'm like, how many people can I help? That's mm. always going to be my intention, which is why I was like, okay, podcast, perfect. It's fucking free. Like, if you find it amazing, free, valuable resource for you. And most people like free stuff, you know, online free community, amazing, more free stuff. And then of course I can create other products that are going to be more streamlined for the people who want to do this work more intentionally, maybe in a group container, or they really want that guidance. Maybe they're ingesting the information through podcasts and stuff like that, but they're like, how do I like practice? Right. Okay. Then we can create containers for that. And those are going to help other people too. But mm -hmm. I just don't think about how much money I'm going to make because I also, I just, I don't know. Like, I just know that my happiness doesn't come from it. It seems so obvious to me, but what I will say is that you need to sometimes go on that journey because we're so deeply conditioned to think that it will bring us that. And I think that I had to go on the journey of getting to a certain income level. Um, I used to be in real estate and I was obsessed with deal number. I was like, when I hit this number of deals, like I will know that I have like made it. And I remember I got there and I just was like, so that's it, huh? That's it. <laughs> I was like, that's it. All I actually felt was this like deep pit in my stomach of how like, oh my God, I have to repeat that next year because it was a shame, fearful part of me that wanted that. And so getting it, anything you get from scarcity just feels like more scarcity. It's like, right. oh my God, I, I hit this number of deals. And now like, what if I don't do the same amount next year? Like, does that mean I'm a failure? Like, how do I maintain this? And then, like you said, your, your ceiling becomes your floor. And so then you're chasing a new ceiling constantly. And I know people who have millions of dollars and they're still like, oh my God, how am I going to pay for my boat? And I'm like, wow, this shit never ends. It never this ends. This shit never ends until yeah. you like break, until you exit, right? Totally. And sometimes people have to go on that journey to realize it, but I feel like I'm trying to like nip it in the bud for my clients. I'm like, I will tell you from personal experience, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But I think that's how you also know that you mastered the vibration when you get the thing that you wanted and you feel almost nothing. Like I yeah. remember when I hit my first 10K <laughs> month and I had like hyped this thing up so much, but then yeah. I practiced the vibration of being in it so much. I was just like, I kind of feel like I'm such a good coach. I already hit it. Like I had practiced yes. that for like a couple months. I'm like, I feel like I already hit it. Like I just, I'm really good at what I do. Like I was just hyping myself yes. up inside. Yes. And then I hit it and I like looked at, you know, my little accounting, you know, spreadsheet where it was like, ooh, 10K. And I was like, looked at it and I was like, why do I feel nothing? <laughs> because you were already there. You're already there. Right. I actually, I tell my clients all the time that what I call true manifesting is it's actually very subtle. It's like mm. you, you notice it in these like small moments that you're, you're now in the life that you've been thinking and dreaming of, but because you've been embodying it the whole time, now it just matches your energy. Like everything mm. matches your energy, your, the people in your life, the money in your bank account, it's law. So if you embody that energy, everything will just kind of like seamlessly move to match you. And wow. by the time you're embodying that energy, it doesn't surprise you. And you should be actually a bit concerned if something in the outer does surprise you. And it does really shift your vibration because that just signals an attachment, right? It just signals like a pedestalization of something, which is always going to be ripped away at some point. Like you're, you're going to have to come to grips with that at some point. And so if I get like excited about something, I'm like, Ooh, like, what did I believe that granted me that I didn't already have? Of like that's mm. interesting like what was what sort of illusion was in there 
that I was like totally like buying into because that's what mm-hmm. it is. We buy into the illusion of more money. We buy into the illusion of more followers. We buy into the illusion of like whatever bigger business, more scaling. And it's all a big rouse. It's like, there's not, there's nothing over there. And so when you basically stop playing the game without, without the rules that we've been conditioned to, you start playing like your own game, right? You rewrite the rules. And then those sort of arbitrary things fail to hold any weight. They don't actually keep you in a conditional state of suffering where you need to get it before you can feel something. It's very true. As soon as you get it, it just reflects back to you who you have been the energy you've been holding for so long. I remember listening to, I love Catherine Zankina. She's the manifestation babe. And um, I was listening to one of her podcasts. I think it was a couple of years ago when she, her business had hit seven or 8 million and her husband who works with her had asked her, babe, so you, your business hit 7 million. Like, how do you feel? Like, do you feel any different? And she was like, I feel the exact same that I felt in 2016. And I was like, that's it. That's it. Because five, six, seven years ago, she was like, I'm a multiple seven-figure CEO. What do I do in that energy? These are the types of things that I create. These are the types of things that I say and believe about myself. These are the types of things that I provide. And everything is just moving to match her energy. That's Mm -hmm. it. And then Mm -hmm. when it does, you're like, cool. That's a reflection of me. That's all that is. And so people don't even realize too that their suffering is a beautiful indicator of how powerful they are because that too is a matching of your energy. So how do you turn that around? Well, number one, by becoming aware that it's happening, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you think that everything is happening to you, well, then you can't change anything. You're totally, you're totally uh, victimized, um, powerless. And the greatest part about thought work, mindset work, whatever you want to call it, is becoming aware of thoughts create my state of being. My state of being creates how I feel. And it actually motivates how I act and the results that I create. And so if I can change my thoughts, I can change my state of being. I don't actually need something outside of me to change my state of being. If I need something to change, something outside of me to change my state of being, then I'm always chasing. I'm always behind. Mm-hmm. I'm never I'm never there. Like the quickest way to get there is to go through your state of being, your energy, your feelings. And also I should say too that because we constantly suppress our negative emotions, it's also really hard to make contact with our positive ones too. Like when you reject one thing, you reject everything because everything is the same, just different levels of density. And because we're a society of very deep emotional suppression, like, oh my God, the most successful industries are the ones that make sure that you can suppress that successfully, right? Drugs, alcohol, shopping, gambling, like all of these things are so effective, at least until a certain point, we don't feel anything. And so when I ask someone to tap into the energy of how would it feel, you know, to be walking around with a million dollars, how would it feel to have freedom? They can't find it because they've rejected all of their feelings. They're just, we're just like these numb human shells. And I'm like, no, our feelings are so powerful. Like we're like literally walking electromagnetic fields and you've completely cut yourself off from your signal, your own signals. And so what's so difficult about healing is, yeah, I want you to make contact with the feeling of joy, abundance, creativity, but we're also going to make contact with fear, shame, guilt, right? And we don't want to feel that. But until we can undo the programming that says those emotions are bad, they make you bad, we're not going to be able to feel the fullness of ourselves. And so healing is really trippy because you will experience deep deep love for yourself. You know, I truly believe that if you knew the totality of who you are, you would just never stop crying. 
you would just you would just be constantly filled with light and love and honestly you would like combust like it wouldn't it's not fit for the human 3d world like mm-hmm. you would just literally be up there you would just be source but you're in this dense body so you can't possibly fathom the amount of love that there is but when you go to experience that you also widen the window for all of the other emotions and so people tell me initially wow i'm feeling so good and then i'm like kind of expecting like in the next week or so or a month for them to have like a really low moment because they've opened the window to that because all feelings are connected. You don't get to cross out one and not the other. And so, yeah, you also experience, like you talked about earlier, that dark night of the soul, because if you want to experience the expansion, you've got to know what's opposite. Mm. And so if you can know that, you know, when I'm going through a really dark time, I always tell myself, this has an equal and opposite energy. That's the nature of this universe. Nothing can exist without equal opposites. Everything is dual. Everything is contrastive. And so knowing that gives me so much peace because this darkness cannot exist without lightness. And my suffering comes when I believe that there is no light. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. There's only darkness. And that's an illusion because the darkness can only exist in the absence of light. Like it literally is not there. And so when I'm experiencing it, I'm like, okay, this is painful. This is not comfortable. My human self is suffering right now. But the higher part of me knows this is just the opposite of something else that is truly expansive. And so sometimes you just got to wait through it and know that there's something else. Totally. And what's something that's been helping me a lot, you know, my audience already knows I'm in a little transitional dark night of the soul phase. It's like, just knowing that this experience is temporary that has been just so helpful for me is just like you know i have really up like crazy ups and downs of emotions at this time in my life like i can be like so happy and then i could be like crying on my bathroom floor like the next hour and it's like when i'm crying on my bathroom floor i allow myself to be as sad as i can be in that moment because as i accept the totality of the depth of that sadness it actually moves through me quicker and I know it's just temporary. I'm like, I'm not gonna be crying on my by my bathroom floor for the rest of my life. It's just this moment. So while I'm here, let me just be here. Let me just be here and feel the depths of the sadness. And then it's so crazy because like, I've been really mastering feeling my emotions in this period of my life. And it really mm-hmm. is just like feeling it fully. And I'll be crying and screaming and really just like somatically releasing whatever I'm feeling. And all of a sudden, it's done. It's like, it's out. It literally feels like the battery is drained and there's nothing else to feel. And I just like breathe and I'm like, all right, I'm good. Anybody want to hang out now? You know, yeah. like I could literally like go hang out with a friend after that because it's like, it's 100. all gone. And so I feel like there's so much power in just allowing yourself to be where you are, even in the most painful of moments or times and saying, I'm going to be okay with this and I'm going to fully accept it because I know it's temporary. And in that, yeah. you actually transmute that pain to peace and acceptance for the whole experience. Mm-hmm. And I think this also comes from experience, but you you eventually get to a point where you know that pain leads to peace. But mm. if you haven't experienced that enough times, then you might be disillusioned into believing this. there's only pain, there's only pain. And maybe even welcoming and accepting and surrendering to that pain is like, oh, my God, going to lead to like a lifetime hole of pain. But it doesn't. It's like taking a deuce. It's like, yeah, it kind of hurts as it's coming out. But then but then you feel relief. 
you know, like, mm-hmm. and then you, you know that though, like when you're, when your stomach hurts and you have to go to the bathroom, you're not like, mm, I got to keep it in because it's going to like really, <laughs> like you're like, you know, that getting it out is the only way to experience relief. Like you can't keep it in, keeping it in makes it worse, yeah. but that's what we do with our emotions. We're like, Oh, I feel this. Oh my God. I just feel this anger. Like I just feel this anxiety. Like I'm not gonna let it out. I just don't want, I just don't want to express this right now. It's like, all you're doing is creating like a serious blockage, right? Like think about like, if you don't take a shit, that's a physical blockage, right? And you feel pain. We have energetic blockages too, right? So any anything that doesn't go out stays in and causes a blockage. And then that's what kind of leads me into also like the whole clearing of energies and stuff too, whatever you believe in, whatever energy healing, even like acupuncture, like how do we like move this energy that's literally stored? And we just don't think it's there because you can't see it. It's there. It's totally there. The energy is the realest thing there is. It's literally what makes up this microphone, this computer, me, you, this coffee next to me. It's everywhere. And so it exists and lies dormant in our bodies too. And that's also why we get triggered because we didn't release something. And so I know that when I get triggered by something, I'm like, oh, that's just like hitting against the thing that I still left in my body. It's not actually the lady won't give me my room key. It's that this anger was like not fully let go of. And like, that's what it's bumping up against. Because when you release all the anger, when that happens, there's total neutrality. Like there's no need to react to that. Your anger that's locked inside is reacting to that. Mm -hmm. And so that has been so empowering to realize is like, oh, like there's like a thing in in me that's like left over. And how can I, yeah, really let myself feel my emotions to the fullest depth with, with, which by the way is, is very scary at the beginning because a lot of us have been so shamed. Oh my God. Like so shamed into thinking that crying is bad. Like getting angry is bad. Like Mm. some kids were even put into timeout for like getting upset. Like, Mm -hmm. so getting upset is like, okay, there's a withdrawal of love there. There's a non-acceptance there. And our deepest, deepest fear is non-acceptance. So we'll do anything to be accepted. We'll suppress anything. We'll, instead of crying, we'll have a drink, right? Instead of having a tantrum, we'll I don't know, like have a smoke, whatever. And so all of these energies get stuck, stuck, stuck. And it's really no surprise to me that we are becoming a very ill country. Like people are mentally sick, physically sick. That's all connected. Right. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we're not, we're not humaning properly. We're not feeling the emotions and the energies that are here. And I have sat and wondered for months and years of my life, like, why do I feel these things? Like, why do I have sadness? Like, why do I have shame? Why do I have guilt? Why is this here? And then I have to get to the point where I realize, I I guess I have them for my evolution. You know, when you look at every single other animal, like why it has webbed feet or like why it runs fast, it's like, there's a purpose to everything. There's like an evolutionary advantage to literally everything. And so even if I don't know the purpose of this emotion, I don't know why it's here, it must be somehow that it's for my expansion and evolution. It must be. Otherwise, it just wouldn't exist. And so rejecting them is rejecting me, is rejecting myself. And so I truly think that healing is, yeah, like you said, just experiencing totality, like everything, because God, source, universe wanted us to. Like, hey, you're going to go down there and you're going to experience whatever you want, like literally everything. And it's opposite. So you Mm. can know. So you can know that. And we were like, okay, cool. Love it. Love all those experiences. Like, I'm gonna have so much fun. They're gonna be like, but don't, don't be confused. Like, you might get this illusion down there. You like, you might forget. And you're like, no, I'm not gonna forget. (laughs) And then, and then you get into a human body, and it's like really distracting. And then you, you fucking forget, but you forget to remember. So it's okay. 
you forget to remember and you know if we didn't completely forget i feel like the opposite wouldn't be true when we return home and remember who we are it's not going to be as good right like it's going to be so amazing because we forgot who we are and that's why even as humans when we start to remember it's it's so good because it's so good because we're like <gasps> like i know for me spirituality has always been like this makes everything make sense. Like I remember when I was younger, I was like, this doesn't make sense. What, but why? Because it doesn't make sense. Like where's the sense in it? You know, where's the logic? I'm, I'm very, I'm a Virgo moon. So I would like to understand the logic I behind everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like where it, everything makes sense on a soul level when you take yeah. in the universal concepts. It's like, oh, you're feeling pain because this is how you grow and you're on mm -hmm. earth because this is the highest way that for your soul to learn. And like, and honestly, I got to give it to humans because earth is <laughs> fucking hard. Like me and Aaron, one yes. of our, both of our friends is like, we always talk about, we're like, you know, I'm going through just like a really hard time. I'm like, Aaron, can you imagine if I had to go through this and I didn't have like all of my freaking, you know, lineup of like healers and psychics and like, you know, everything that I work with just to make my, help my, my human understand, like humans go through this and they have no tools and it's freaking hard. Like humaning oh my is God. really difficult. And I just feel like we got to like, you know, pat ourselves on the back because we go yes. through a lot down here. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's the perfect place for your karmic development. Like it's, it's literally perfect. I had a conversation once with my friend, Nick, and we were talking about how are we ever supposed to like, do you ever think that earth will become completely loving, completely unconditionally loving? Mm. And I actually said, I don't think it's supposed to, because like, that's what we're supposed to learn while we're here. So we have to experience the absence of that in order to learn it. If it was just how things were, then we wouldn't, we wouldn't know any different. We would just be like, yeah, it's like a utopia. It's like a completely unconditionally loving place. And there it's are like, planets like that. We have like to that. experience non-love. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, exactly. And we probably, we probably came from one of them. And we were like, yo, let's like go to earth like it's gonna be so trippy like it's kind of mm -hmm. ghetto down there but let's go and we get to experience yeah the the absence of it only to learn what it really is and i love that you said we we remember or we forget to remember and how that's so sweet and i just think about how yeah we already knew all this right we knew that we were total love and total possibility when we came into the world but experiencing it after forgetting it is like way more awesome, like mm -hmm. way more awesome. I feel so grateful to just the like veil being cl clouded over my eyes and just completely forgetting who I am and just being this like, like a robotic brain, this mind of mine, because remembering who I am has been like this reunion. Like, you know, when you haven't seen someone in so long and it's so much sweeter because of that distance. I literally just saw two of my like long distance best friends last week. And sometimes I don't see them for years. And just the way we hugged and like the way we spent time together was like, oh my God, I fucking missed you, dude. Like, this is so good. And I was thinking about how sad it is that like, I don't get to see them all the time. Like I wish I did. But then I was, I was, as I was flying home, I thought, man, that was actually so amazing because I don't get to do that all the time. Like, because I don't see them every day. Like we, we just, we were together constantly and just, bah, 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 just talking and talking, talking. But you know, if I updated them on everything that was going on in my daily life and activities, you know, regularly, then it, it probably wouldn't feel like that. And so I felt this deep gratitude for the space and the, and the mm -hmm. absence so that the fondness could grow. And yeah, I think that's what we're doing here on earth too, is we're just, we're just forgetting and we're fucking around and finding out that, oh my God, like that knowing was always there. I just ignored it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who I was, but now that I know 
oh God, I'm going to make sure I teach people because that this is the sweetest gift. This is the sweetest knowing. And when you know who you are, like truly know who you are, you want everyone else to know who they are because it's so sweet and it's activating. Like before we started recording me and you were talking about how amazing it is that like we get to just connect with all of these, you know, just truly amazing beings. And um, both of us have a mutual friend, Erin. And one of the biggest things Erin's just really taught me is she's like just this, she's just the embodiment of like, unconditional love and like knowing who the fuck she is like she walk like whenever i'm with her we walk around and like just crazy shit happens just like the people we meet the things that we get access to like we just get like we we're treated like queens every time for no reason and and this goes back to like making our own rules is she's just like Kristen, when you know who you are, this is what you expect. So start to expect this. And she's like, this is just the rule I have for myself. I expect the best. And so we've been playing with like, whenever we go on trips, we're like, okay, what are the rules? What are the rules that we're playing in the universe now? And it's like, we're going to get it we're going to get invited to the coolest things. We're going to meet the the highest vibrational people and then we'll play with it. And we're like, source, show us. And then like source is always just like, you know, game on. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we do it and we go through the trip and we both like leave and we're like, what the fuck just happened on that trip? Because it's so much better and juicier. So it's really about remembering how powerful you are and you get to create the rules to your reality and one of the best rules that i feel like i've created for myself that has helped me just get to where i am in my business is i have this rule that like the rules don't apply to me like truly i have that rule it's like the rules don't apply to me oh everyone has to go to corporate america to make money oh that doesn't apply to me like everyone (laughs) has to you know like literally there's so many like even during covid there was all these rules i was like those don't apply to me um you know everyone has to do this certain thing to get this certain thing yep that doesn't apply to me even with like coaching certifications and things like that where people can put themselves in boxes i'm like i don't have to do that (laughs) and when you (laughs) i love that i'm like yeah not for me but when you really operate from a place of just creating the rules you 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 get shown the reality that reflects that back where you don't get in trouble for doing whatever you want to do and and you do get this special treatment and the rules just don't apply to you because you make your own rules. <laughs> I freaking love that. The rules don't apply to me. That is such a good rule. But what I want to add to that is if you're not creating your own rules, then you got to really think to yourself, what rules am I following then? Like, Girl, yes. like, like whose who's rules am I leading my life by? And what the fuck? Like someone just made these up. These are And who sentences. made them up? Who made exactly. them up? Exactly. I was telling uh, my client the other day and my, my clients get to know me very well. And, um, we were talking about social norms and I was like, well, you know me, girl, I don't like social norms because social norms are not really norms at all. They're just, someone decided it was a norm for them. And then other people agreed unquestioningly, and then it became a norm, but it's actually not normal for most people. And so if it is a norm, I want to get really curious about it and question it and basically decide like, do I want that for myself? Right. Mm -hmm. So any, anything I'm seeing accepted by a wide number of people or groups, I want to ask myself very carefully, like, would I choose that for myself? Like if I had, if I had agency, which I do, would I choose to include that in my, like you said, set of rules? And there's a lot of things I've just completely thrown out. I'm like, no, like you said, doesn't apply to me. Nope, not that. Like it doesn't apply. And I was telling someone else too recently, like if you're not creating yourself, like who's creating you? Like (laughs) 
Like literally you go, I think awakening is like the journey of going from created to creator, right? You're like this, you're like a molded version of yourself and you've been following a set of rules that maybe your parents learned or, you know, culture and higher society, whatever taught you. And then you get to a point in life where maybe you don't like the output. You're kind of like, I don't like my reality. I don't like my life. I don't like myself. I think that's the biggest part. You start to not like yourself. And then you kind of get curious and you're like, huh, like, is this what I want for my life? Like, I love when people start to ask themselves that question, especially after they've achieved what seems like traditional success. Like they've done all the things, they listened to the parents, like they got the job and they're like, wow, is this like really going to be my life though? Like, am I really going to sell houses for like the rest of my life? Like, is that what I'm going to do? Not that that's wrong or bad. Like, you can do all anything in this life. It's somebody's purpose, right? Yes. You can do anything in this world from an aligned energy and it would be right for you. But there's a lot of people who are just not doing that. And so when you get to that point where you question, like, is this what I'm going to do? Then you get to start thinking about what, what would I do though? Like, what would I do if there were, yes, like you said, no rules, there literally aren't any. Like there we, aren't. We, we just made them up. Yeah, like you said, going to school, certification, this. I'm like, who said that? Who said? Literally. Who who did that? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes my clients come to me and they like ask me all these like you know questions of like, well, what do I have to do to do this? And I'm like, yeah. honestly, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like, I always say <laughs> energy over strategy every single time. I'm like, there is no strategy. There is no right way. There's just the way you decide to do from the intention and in your heart, like mm -hmm. whatever you just, I'm like, everything works. Literally everything works. So whatever feels best to you, whatever feels the least resistant to you yes. and aligns with your intentions, do that. You don't want to do email. Don't. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, but email is the most, I'm like, it's not for you. Who, who said that? Ex exactly. <laughs> who said that email They're was like, the most but, successful? But this, but this is the right way. I'm like, right way what? Like learning that right and wrong are also just con constructs has been mm. really fascinating to me. It's like, how do I know what's right and wrong? Like, like someone just decided that was right, which made this wrong, but maybe that was never right, and which makes this not wrong. And then you start throwing it all out and just realizing, oh my God, like there's literally no actual particular right way I need to do it's things. It's only my truth. That's the only truth there is, is mine. Yes. And I get to yes. decide. <laughs> You're the creator. Like that, yes. that's what is so exciting about people coming to this realization. I've been having so much fun with you because I can tell we're just like, our frequencies just keep rising like, with each other. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just like, we're just like ascending. But you know, we're when you get to that, soon. yeah, when you get, we're just going to come into light. But when you essentially realize that you literally create everything, you're like, Oh my God, this is so fun. You know, I feel like I've accessed, and like, this is not like my state of being 100% of the time, right? Totally. But what I've really accessed is this like, oh my God, like earth is a playground to experience mm -hmm. myself, to experience anything I want to create. How freaking fun is that? And then you just stop putting all this pressure on yourself to do it right because you're like, wait, that's not even real, right? Mm -hmm. You just dissolve everything that you have been reinforcing through you know your actions through your decisions that were never aligned in the first place and then it really just becomes yeah playground is the word that comes to mind all the time because that's really what we're that's really what we're here to do like like stop creating these like strategic like goal-driven mindset that's like your your conditioned mind is just oh dear like let's just put that to rest <laughs> and realize that that was never what you were meant to do here the people actually that are making the most money in the world, I believe that they're playing too. Like, look at Always. it. It's like the musicians. It's like the entrepreneurs. Always. It's it's the people who are acting. Like, they're just fucking having fun. And Every time. it's like, 
one rule that I'm installing right now in myself is like the more fun I have, the more money I make, you know, like just, that's a rule for me. Yeah. Like I just want to have fun because I have, when I started my business, I had such a corporate background that it was like, I was so rigid with myself. It's like, I have to work all these hours. Like I have to work from nine to five. It's like yesterday I woke up at 10 AM and I was, I mean, I'm coming from the West coast, the East coast. So I don't usually do that, but like I woke up at 10 AM and I was like, this is fun. You know, like I get to literally just wake up when I want. And it's just really remembering that, like the point of being here is to have fun and whatever you're doing, whether it's at your corporate job or building a business, most of my audience is like wanting to build a business, like make sure you're having fun doing it. Whatever fun yeah. means to you is is the purpose and the way, the only way, because having fun is actually really similar to the vibration of abundance. And so when you're having fun, you're actually in an energetic state to make more money. <laughs> I know it's when you're there, it seems so freaking obvious, but you know, I remember when I was first listening to Abraham Hicks, so probably six or so years ago and hearing them say, I'm here to have fun. All that matters is feeling good. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, that is not all that matters. Like, I need to work. Like, I need to make money to feel good. Like, I was not realistic. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was so conditioned, but I'm like, no, literally feeling good is the most important thing because it leads to all good things. And so I've completely, totally eliminated any rule for myself that has to do with, like you said, the time I need to wake up, the amount of hours I need to work, because I make those decisions based on how I feel. So Mm -hmm. some days it's, I need to sleep in, whatever that means to me. It could be 9am, it could be 11am. I really don't care because living by, first of all, time is a construct and an illusion. So like what even is 9am? No idea. We just, I'm like, you you think it's 9am right now? What is that? We just made that up too. (laughs) So when it comes to like waking up at a certain time or like, oh, I need to work these regimented hours. I'm like, who is saying that inside of me? Like who, who believes that? And why have I been brainwashed into believing that that is the condition for success, right? The amount of hours I work. Oh, industrial revolution. Oh, Mm -hmm. oh, like that wasn't even a real thing until like 200, 300 years ago. Like everyone was their own little merchant, you know, with their own little shops in their local communities. They closed the shop when they didn't feel like cobbling shoes. Like everyone made their own decisions and everyone trusted those business owners to make their own decisions. And everyone knew in an abundant way that they were going to get their needs met. Like, oh, the tailor's closed. Well, we'll come back tomorrow. Like it's not a big deal. And so, yeah, I've completely eliminated all these notions of, like I was talking to a client yesterday and they were saying they knew that they had grown because someone said they had come into work late, which by the way, they work in an office that you don't really have to be working at. Like it's kind of hybrid. Like you can go in mm-hmm. if you want to or not. And the colleague said, oh, you've been coming in late the past few days. And they were like, what I heard was that she thinks I'm late. Not that I was actually late. Like I, yeah. and I said, yeah, what I say to those people in my head is, ooh, your beliefs are showing because that's not actually, that doesn't actually mean anything. There is no such thing as late. You just believe 9 a.m. is late. I'm just here at at 9 a.m. Like this doesn't mean anything. That's so good. And I, that's something that my clients, you know, deal with as well as like people kind of projecting their beliefs on like what maybe their business they're starting or how they're living their life. And I always remind them, it's like when people are projecting those things, they're not actually saying what they believe for you they're saying what they believe for themselves so that person is saying that if i came in at 11 a.m i would be judging myself because i'm late so i'm never exactly. going to come in that time like who who cares you know what i mean you coming in at that time has no effect on that person's life so nope it, it just it just doesn't matter it just and when you when you really operate from this like higher level of consciousness it's just like freeing as fuck truly it's just it's like freeing as 
fuck. <laughs> I love that you said that. And I have a very radical opinion, but I don't ask anyone for advice. Anyone. Unless <sighs> someone is exactly where I'm going. Like, let's say like I'm writing a book right now and like I will talk to other people who've done that before. Like about, hey, like how did you do this? And like how did you... Because I'm like, they have some lived experience that I can learn from. But when right. it comes to like what I should do, nobody gets to tell me that. Because mm-hmm. literally when I think about it, if I'm doubting myself as a human and my ability to make decisions, I'm the same as everyone else. Like no one has more knowledge than me. I think that's been a really big rule that I've instilled is like, no one knows more than me. Like we're all, we're all granted like the same access to information. We're all conditioned in like similar ways. Like no one knows more. And so why would I grant someone else the ability to confirm for me what's right for me? Like who, how else would anyone know that than me? Yeah, It doesn't, like, it doesn't actually make mm-hmm. sense. Totally. Totally. Oh, I love that. And really when my clients are working on building their self-trust, that's one thing that I cut cold turkey is I'm like, no more asking anyone's opinion of things, right? Because yeah. you're essentially signaling to the universe, I don't trust myself enough to make this decision. So I'm going to outsource it. I'm going to ask other people because they know better than I know, right? And that's actually really scary if you think about it, that you think yeah. other people know what's best for you versus you knowing what, like, that's just scary to think that, like, like what are you going to really do? Is. What are you going to do when it's 3 a.m. and you need to make a decision? Everyone's asleep. You're just not going to make it. You know what I mean? It's just like you have to be able to rely on yourself. Um, Yeah. So I love that. And yeah, rules are just crazy, man. Rules are crazy. And yeah, when it comes to decisions, it's amazing. Like how many people have asked me things like, should I have another kid? Um, Should I do? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, why do you think I would have the like unlimited source of information to be able to determine what's best for you like that's insane like why are you entrusting me with a lifelong decision like (laughs) you need to do an inventory of your life because frankly you're gonna have to live with that decision not me like you you have to live with that and i think also too another thing i've eliminated from my life is believing that any decision could ever be wrong because we have been conditioned to think that like there are wrong and right decisions and essentially if we experience a negative emotion that means it was a wrong decision right like if i did xyz and i feel bad then i'm like oh i made the wrong decision i'm like no that's just you having a judgment about that thing it doesn't mean that it actually was a bad decision because like Mm -hmm. you said earlier what is the worst thing that happened to me could be the best thing and that's why i mean many spiritual teachers have said this but eckhart tolle in his book power of now talks a lot about how the idea of good and bad can't really exist because it's so temporal meaning that what one when one thing is good during one period of time and then it later transforms into bad or vice versa how can it be one and not the other or how can it be both mm. it must be that they're neither and so when i start to believe that a decision is bad i'm like that can't really be true because there have been times in my life where I thought something was bad and then ended up turning out to be good, which means that it was only ever my perception of the decision, never the decision itself, which completely and totally dissolves the illusion that any decision is bad. Like I have the choice to believe a decision is wrong or right. Absolutely. And then if you're also thinking things are good or bad, you're essentially buying into like that somebody is punishing you or that you can even be going in the wrong direction which like you're always creating (laughs) your own direction and always and the the purpose of earth something that i do think is like programmed into us is that every experience is to help us evolve right so like everyone everything so even if you say even if you go down a road that has more hardship it might be like fine-tuning your vibration in order to hold the thing that you actually want right that's something that my clients deal with a lot it's like they let's like a lot of them are new coaches or new entrepreneurs and then they like experience 
rejection in their business or somebody saying no to them and they like think that they're doing something wrong but i'm like no no no. this is priming your vibration because in order to hold the success you also have to hold the opposite of that success which yes. is the rejection yes. and you can't be a vibrational match to that success if you hadn't really believed in yourself to this standard or level right so it's like even the seemingly bad things are actually priming you to hold the better things but it's just like we have to go through the darkness to get to the light right and you have the human perception of like oh like this means that i'm bad or like this means mm -hmm. that i'm not good enough and i'm like no that's also just a failure of your perception <laughs> i love i love what you said though about how this is priming you because um it's so easy Pe people give up really so easily it's amazing they like do. because we're just conditioned that like oh if it's not working out it's not working out it's like no like you are believing that's not working out which is why it's not working out you could mm -hmm. easily believe that it is working out and i think about this too in the context of relationships because i constantly am curious about like what determines a couple deciding to dissolve their partnership and then like making it work right like mm. and it's the perspectives right obviously there are people who maybe are have toxic trauma and like patterns that they need to like work on before they can be in a healthy loving relationship but in most cases it's the perspective that like this is normal like fights are normal like communication issues are normal and like we love each other and we're working on this and when i talk to couples who've been together for a really long time it's not that they didn't disagree or like feel like they fucking hated each other along the way it's like i just believed that it was always working out or like that it was always going to work out and that it that, that, that like it should work out and it's just interesting to see like the way that our generations change right and things things are really changing obviously right now and it's so cool to see so many people deciding to leave relationships because they're actually valuing themselves and that's a beautiful thing. But we're also not valuing, too, the beauty of what partnerships offers us, right? Like, there's beauty in everything, but it's just interesting to, like, see, like, the tides change. And I'm seeing a lot of women, and I think this is really great, really, like, owning their own worth. You know, we're so conditioned to think that our value is determined by, like, if we're worthy to a man. That's so stupid. Mm. Like, I, I can't even, like, wrap my mind around it. But so many women are in relationships or pining after relationships thinking about, how to be lovable instead of thinking about what can I love in someone else? And yes. that's how we're also approaching business. It's like, how can I get money? How can I create safety rather than how can I help someone else? And Which is all the of these questions, yeah, the, the heart, heart centered, centered right. Yeah. And all of these things I realize are just scarcity driven. It's, there's not enough money for me. There's not enough love for me. I need to get it from this person. And it's all a lie. And it creates so much suffering, like believing that there is no love. No wonder that creates so much suffering because love is all that there is. It's mm -hmm. like literally all around you. I remember I was talking to Erin on my podcast and she was saying like, I literally breathe in the air and I'm like, wow, I'm so abundant. There's so much air in this room. And I was like, whoa, that just shifted <laughs> something for me because there is so much air. Oh my God. And she's like, yeah, like it's everywhere. Like it's, it's, <laughs> she was like, air is everywhere. Like it's literally constant. Like, and that's how energetically <sighs> abundant love and, and money, mm -hmm. which is really just a representation of that service and heart centered Self, right? It's literally everywhere. <laughs> it's literally everywhere. And it changed everything for me. Because actually, when Aaron and I talked on my podcast, I was going through a little bit of a thing. Like, I was literally like crying before the episode. And my co host was like, Should we reschedule? And I was like, No, no, no. I know she's, I know she's going to come in with some like good shit. Like, this is going to be good for me. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's always that you're like disillusioned by something you're believing some lie, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I told my clients yesterday, too, like, it's not bad to believe a lie. Like, that's not bad. Like, just because you believe something that wasn't true doesn't make you bad. It just doesn't make it true.
I'm like Mm -hmm. believing it just doesn't make it true. I'm like, you can believe with your whole heart that like you are totally unlovable and that you suck and that you're not good enough, but no matter how much you believe it, it will never make it true. Yeah. And for as long as you believe it, you will suffer because it's not true. That's what Abraham Hicks says. That's what Jesus said. That's what Buddha, (laughs) that's what they all said. They're like, because that's not true. That's why you're suffering, but you can believe in it all you want. Wow. No one's going to stop you. It's that's that's I'm, I'm, I'm like processing right now because I'm like, yeah, you're right. You can believe something, but it doesn't make it true. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you can like, believe anything you want. Right. It doesn't make it true. Right. And I think that like it's good also to learn what truth feels like in your body, you know, like learning that like truth actually does feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever good is, right? It does feel light. And if, so- if you're believing something that doesn't feel resonant, that's probably because it's not true. Or I don't even know. We're no- now we're like in such a high level of conversation. I'm like, I don't know. I what know. I'm okay, we'll get this. Okay, so Abraham, <laughs> now I understand that what, what they say is that anytime you are feeling a dense emotion, okay. what you would call a negative, uncomfortable emotion, you are, um, not in alignment with your inner being is what they always mm. say. That confused me for a really long time in the past. I was like, inner being, like, I don't I don't have one of those. Like, I was like, where's that? <laughs> Where do I get one? I was like, what is that? The inner being is essentially just the loving self, like the yes. fully loving aligned self. And so anytime you're out of alignment with love, you just feel the gap. You, you totally. feel the non-alignment with that. And so if every truth is a relative truth, which it really is, right? Like mm-hmm. big or smaller, those are all relative based on what we're comparing. Then there's only one actually absolute truth. And that is love. And so the only time you experience like misalignment, negative emotions is when you're away from the absolute truth. Yes. And knowing that is so reassuring because you can always come back. Mm-hmm. Like it's always just, available. It's always available. And I think that is what causes so much suffering is believing that your truth is like outside of you. Like it, mm. the truth is the money. The, the truth is the external validation. And it's like, no, like the reason why you feel like shit going after that is because that's not it. Like yes. that's not it. And you have access to it right now. Mm-hmm. Like it was never anywhere else. You, you just haven't, you've been chasing your own tail is what I say. I'm like, you're it's, it's right there. It's right. And you've been traversing all across the world to find it only to realize it was in the fucking car. Yeah, it was, it's it's with you. And that's even like the same for, you know, when you're chasing love, it's like you're essentially chasing something that you actually have access to right now. It's like yeah. it's inside of you. The truth, you know, you are you are the source of it. You are yeah. love. But it's like we think we have to get it from an external thing. But sometimes that external thing isn't even connected to its own source. So we're wanting mm. to get something from somebody who is not even connected to their own source when we could just go inside and get that thing, which is like really – you know, I do a lot of inner child work with my clients and it's like in in one 15 minute session, they come in triggered and we change their entire internal state of being to feel safe. Like if you actually think about that, that's actually nuts that yeah. nothing changing outside, we can change everything we're feeling inside and nothing has yeah. changed outside. Literally nothing. Well- and when you really zoom out, trying to change the outside is kind of like insane. Fucking it's like hard. Like hard. You're trying to move fucking matter, dude. Like matter is thick. Yo, that's like dense. that is that's dense as fuck. Like if you <laughs> if you go to the source, the energy, it's way easier. You know, I tell my clients, it's like, okay, there's an Indian proverb about this, but if you were to look in the mirror and see a smudge of dirt on your face, you wouldn't go to wipe the mirror. 
You would mm. go to wipe your face. It's on your face. And so you have an emotion inside of your oh body, self-created, okay? And then you're like, I hate this feeling. I'm going to go get money. Yep. It's like, I'm, I'm going to get something that we made up as humans on the outside to fix my inside feeling. No, it doesn't make any sense. Like when you really, really think doesn't. about it, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, okay, like maybe I'll go to the source. And so what I teach my clients is we're going to resource ourselves. Like we're going to stop outsourcing everything because resource. Actually, wow. Yes. Sorry. We're going to re yet. Yeah, yeah, okay. Woo. Okay. Mind blown. <laughs> we're going to resource ourselves, right? We're going to use ourselves, the source, right? We're going to go back to this rather than outsourcing everything because it's just harder. And when you think mm. about that, I'm really loving right now this the parallels I see between the, my inner world and outer world and how everything matches. And I've been thinking about like how to create more sustainable like communities and worlds. And it's one where you literally resource the things that are local to that land and community. Like mm. you don't have to outsource and like export and import everything. Like you could just create a beautiful like permaculture basically based on what is there and use that and be totally self-sustaining and abundant. You don't need to go outside. Like you can, but it's just harder and like less effective and like fucks up the environment and shit. So like, you know, I am creating an internal environment that is suffering and starved when I go outside. And mm. the whole time I had like everything I needed within my own body, which once again reminds me of the external mirror, which is that, you know, if humans didn't know how to exist with their own human bodies, we wouldn't be here. Like, you know, the idea of having all these modernized like houses and cars and all these things. It's like we existed for many, many, many years without this. We're now just trained to think we can't live without it, but we totally can, which is what we're trained to believe about ourselves. I can't live without money. I can't live without external validation. I can't live without this. Yes, you can. You were just trained to believe that you needed that. Now, there's nothing wrong with going after that, but you can do that with non-attachment non because you know mm. that it's not going to give you anything that you can't resource yourself. Yes. What's your favorite way to like, let's say like you are wanting to make more money, you know, we're human. What's your favorite mm -hmm. way to get into the state of abundance internally? I start to ask that part of me questions first to kind mm -hmm. of like dissolve the, yeah, dissolve the illusion of the attachment. Like, okay, like, first of all, is this loving or non-loving? And that reveals things to me right away. It's almost like I I know immediately because when I think to myself something like, oh, I, I really want more money or like, um, oh, my God, I was in Vegas recently and I was at a pool party and like my old craving to get my boobs done came back because everyone had these like really nice perky boobs. And I was like. I'm going to go under the knife. Like it was just this like, just this like old program thought that came back because that was something I really desired when I was younger. And then I kind of understood that this is just like a vessel. Like this is just like my meat suit. I'm more like what occupies and animates this thing, but it just came back. And as soon as I asked myself, like, is this loving or non-loving? It was so clear. I was like, this is so non-loving. This is so judgmental. This is so like reductionist. This is so comparison, like to... Yeah, it, it just was obvious. And then it almost dissolved right away. Like immediately. I immediately because I could see that it was false. I could see that it was an illusion. I could see that it was non-love. And I was like, wow, I'm not going to effing do that from a, sp a space of non-love. Now, someone could actually undergo a surgery or a body modification from a place of love. You totally mm -hmm. could. But my particular motivation in that moment was definitely non-loving. It was like, oh, like you don't look as good. And it was just all these program thoughts of body insecurity, which have been, yeah, really hypnotizing for the past three decades. Like yeah. it's so hard to consciously break out of that. And if I was not 
aware, I I would have easily just been like sucked into a hole of like, oh, I don't look as good. Like I'm ugly or whatever. But I was like, that is so unloving and not true. And that's how I know it's not me. And another, I guess like another words, other words that you could use for that is almost like, is this an ego desire? Or is this a soul desire? You know, is this a desire that I, my ego wants or like something that is like, Ooh, I, I want this because it's going to like almost fuel humanity. If, if that makes sense. Like if it's mm. ego, it's like, it's for myself. It's for the validation of me. It's for, yeah. for my human. But if, when it's a soul desire, like even, you know, I, I've, I've had some times where I'm like, I want more money so I can help my family. I want more money so I can be more abundant with my friends. I want more money so I can give more to the world. Like that's a soul desire. Right. But if it's yes. like, I want more money so I can show people how rich I am, then it's like, <laughs> why <laughs> you know yes because you don't feel good enough you know so if you felt good enough then you wouldn't need it and you'd probably have more money <laughs> i know and it's it's such a backwards reverse it's so crazy process because when i work with clients who are really obsessed with wanting to get money i'm like okay we're gonna get to the root of like why you want money and heal that so that you don't want money anymore and they're like but how do i still get the money i'm like <laughs> no like you will actually but you won't need it it will just be a beautiful byproduct. the attachment and- won't be there the attachment won't be there. And that is, I literally, and I feel for these people because I could not believe, like back when I was really um, fully into real estate, I I could not believe that I wouldn't care about the money. Like, it's like all I fucking cared about because I was just conditioned to think that like more money, more worth, net worth, self-worth, they're tied, Yeah. right? And then doing the work of untying net worth from self-worth, seeing that those have nothing to do with each other at all. Net worth is a man-made concept too. Like it, it doesn't exist in nature. Like we made that up. Mm-hmm. Seeing that that could never determine what is truly innate within me was such a trip. But now looking back, I I see, I, I can see it from such a different perspective. And I really do feel for it because that process of, of realizing like everything that you've based your life and worth around for that to disappear is really scary. And so I remember at the beginning of this conversation, I think before we hit record, we talked about how quantum leaps and stepping into the next highest level version of you. Oh my God, it's going to feel really chaotic because your literal mental model of the world begins to crumble. And I literally tell people not to like make light of like mental illness and things like that, but it kind of feels like a psychotic break, like because everything that you know to be true is like not true. And you're like, what is going on? I literally thought that these were the way that things were. And you're telling me that's not how things are. I'm not okay. Like those were the mental rules that I was living by and the like knowledge that number one, that those aren't real. And then two, that you created your life around them. That's just a lot for the nervous system to handle. Like it, it does. The brain doesn't like to be wrong. Like we're constantly trying to prove ourselves right, which is why if you believe like better thoughts, then you'll just prove yourself right and have a better life. But it doesn't like to be wrong about that. And so when I was kind of like destabilizing a lot of the old rules, it did not feel good. It did not mm-hmm. feel good to my nervous system. It did not feel good to my body. Although I'm sure like the higher part of me during that time was like, this is perfect. This is right on time. Like we are dismantling the old to to build the new or to, to we are dismantling the lie to live in alignment with the truth. But it does not feel good to be told a lie. Think about it. If you find out that I lied to you, that doesn't feel good. Even though you want the truth, you always want the truth. Even if the lie hurts, Wow, doesn't yeah, make it easier. It's like the short-term discomfort for the longer-term fulfillment. Sometimes you're going to have to go through that destruction phase. And we were talking about that before. It's like I was I was telling Sam, like, I just went through the freaking massive, most massive quantum leap in my life. And it looked like it was the most chaotic destructive thing that I've ever been through. Like truly, I don't have 
nothing in my life, truly nothing looks the same as before. I'm talking the people in my life, the partner in my life, the area that I lived in, in my, like nothing looks the same. And it was the most, most ego shattering thing I've ever been through because life as I knew it was not life as I knew it. It's like, no. and, it, and it's, it's so crazy because people want these massive quantum leaps and, and expedited acceleration. But what they don't really get is that in order to have that really massive quantum leap, expedited, accelerative, you know, just ascension journey, it is very chaotic. It's very destructive. It's actually more peaceful to have like a very slow, you know what I mean? Like a slow yeah. progressive journey versus everything crumbling. Not to say that like my soul just needed this because I do believe that I'm going to teach this and this is going to be part of, you know, my curriculum because as teachers that's what we do yes. we go through something so we can teach it however it's like really just yeah i guess there's there's a lot of chaos that happens when you are on the ascension journey <laughs> yeah well thinking about it as like a lie versus a truth thing it's like mm -hmm. if you if you wanted okay like i think about this all the time when it comes to friends knowing things that their friends don't know and like oh should i tell them should I not tell them like no you should definitely tell them like oh but it's it's going to it's going to really hurt them like they're going to be feel upset but it's like yeah but it's going to lead to long term peace and the truth like they're living right. a freaking lie right now like right. they need to know totally. right and it, when you find out it's not good like because you realize that what you believed was not true you're like i thought mm -hmm. you were a loyal friend like i thought this and i'm being told now that that's not true that's upsetting to my nervous system like this is and you're this human is, and you're human. Yeah, this is like rejecting my currently held beliefs and I'm having to rebuild like my mm -hmm. foundation of beliefs now. And it's also going to change the way I see the world because I have new information. New information is how we learn to see the world differently. But it's always for our highest good. And so, yeah, I love how you said that short-term discomfort for that long-term gain and peace. And yeah, a lot of us, we do not like discomfort. And so actually changing your relationship with that and seeing it as necessary rather than, I think we are really taught to think that discomfort is like an obstacle to our peace, but now I'm seeing it as no, 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 it's a necessary ingredient to it. It's actually not keeping me from it. It's leading me to it. Yes. I love that. And one of the TikToks that I saw of yours the other day when I was just, you know, on my daily scroll was like, you said, if you're trying to get something back, the best way is to ask yourself, how can I let this go? I go. And I just was like, girl, yes. Like when we want something back, it's like, it's really about, I mean, yeah. Why don't you just say it? Cause you said it so much better. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> wanting something back is an illusion that there is something out there that you don't have within you anymore. Mm -hmm. And so when I say let it go, what you're letting go of is the attachment. You're not even letting it go. Like it was never there. It was never anything. You never had anything. You, The thing that you wanted was the feeling, which you already have. And you made it conditional upon it, whatever it is coming back. Whereas when you let go of the attachment of it, you make a reunion with the feeling that you always wanted. And so- which is peace, this, which is peace, which is peace. And I think that what people do not get correct, and there's a reason for this because it's called the backwards law, is trying to have a positive experience is a negative experience in and of itself. It's so annoying. But the acceptance of a quote unquote negative experience, so letting something go that you thought that you were attached to, that in and of itself becomes a positive experience because you're not rejecting life. Like I said earlier, you're literally mm. rolling with the punches. You're literally letting something be as it already is. You stop fighting with it, surrender experiment, all of these things. And so 
it's it's so hard to learn and maybe you have to experience it for yourself. But for me, I really did chase happiness in a lot of ways as I was younger. I, I thought that I needed to try to get it to feel it. And the more I tried to get it, the more eluded I was. Like The less you I feel it. The less I felt it. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? I'm trying so hard to like get my happiness. And so now what's interesting is what I do is instead of trying to get happiness, I more like do things that raise my statistics of happiness. And so instead of like, how do I become happy? Like, what do I need to do to be happy? I'm like, oh, I know dancing makes me happy. I'm going to go dancing. And instead of like trying to like chase happiness, I'm like, oh, I'm going to put dancing into my day or like, I'm going to talk to my friend or I'm going to create a poem or whatever it is. And then I raise my statistic chances of happiness, but not with the attempt to egoically chase happiness. Mm. And I think that is so difficult because we're also raised to, to, to get happiness. It's like, oh, like the pursuit of happiness. But even in the word pursuit, you're chasing something. It's like, no, we're not chasing anything. We're not going after anything. We're experiencing what we can create within ourselves in this moment and then attracting more things that reflect that back to us. We're not chasing anything. We don't go anywhere. And I think like our conditioned idea of linear time really messes us up as well. I know we're going everywhere, but you know, when you really understand there is no time and you're in the present moment at all times, like everything actually comes to you. You don't Mm. go anywhere. You're not moving along this imaginary line. You're here in the present moment with every single possibility still alive and like there for you. You're just experiencing this one point in time, kind of like if you were to look at a map, right? All of the spaces exist at one given time, but you're only seeing the rendering of the point on the map that you're where in. you are. So it's the same with time, right? So you're here like in this one point in time, but you have access to all of this like simultaneous time. You're not going anywhere. Like the like the future of anything is kind of moving through you like it comes into your direction it like becomes experienced as the present and then it like moves through and becomes experienced as past so like you stay like you are the point of attraction and so that's what people get so confused it's like where, what do i need to do to get over there and it's like babe abundance is not a destination it's a frequency it's you don't go anywhere it, you it's change not- where, where you're who you are being and then it yes. comes to you yeah And I love, you had another really good TikTok. I can't even remember what it was now, but it was like saying like the past and the future don't even actually exist if you think about it. Like they're just thoughts. The only thing that exists is right now. That's crazy to think about that. It's literally just- It's it's crazy. I know. It's it's crazy. You know what? Um, So Michael Singer, our spiritual grandfather, I love him so much. Untethered Soul is my favorite book. And I listen to his podcast a lot. Mm -hmm. And he was actually saying, he gave me a new thought. And I'm always collecting thoughts, actually. Like, I like to think of my brain as like a beautiful museum curated of thoughts that I have chosen to believe. And he talks about how this present moment, just think about the fact that 13 plus billion years led to this moment. However ordinary it is, you standing at the gas station, you driving, and I was listening in the car while I was driving and I was like, holy shit, like 13 plus like billion years and like here I am in my car. Just like this is it. This is what it led up to. It just it just has to mean something. It's like this is this is pretty significant. Like, like all of human mankind and evolution and catastrophic events and i'm like i'm just here driving in the car like that is he was like why would you argue with that like that's got to count for something that after all of that there you are putting gas into your car 
pretty mm-hmm. crazy. And so I like to think of the present moment in that way. And also, yeah, that the past and the future really are just thoughts. And if the future is a thought, then why not think the best possible effing thing you could ever imagine about it? Like, why are we dress rehearsing tragedy? Why are we doing that? <laughs> you don't have to do that. Oh, my gosh. It's it's so true. It's like and, and, and there's not even a really a point in dress rehearsing it. It's like just be where you are. And something that I've been playing with is like because I've been in this more painful period of my life where like. I don't really feel fully like myself in any given day still. It's like, I always remember, I'm like, wow, but you know what? Time moves so fast. Like even what I just said is now the past. Yes. And you know, I'm gonna like, like even just before I know it, it's gonna be time to go to bed and it's gonna be tomorrow. And before I know it, this week is gonna be over. And I just have been observing how even though it feels slow, time is actually moving so fucking quick. So I'm like, damn, I better just, enjoy it here because you know i'm 28 years old and it's like one day i'm going to be 35 and no matter how much pain i'm in right now i'm going to miss being 28 years old but all i can think about when i'm being 28 years old is how much pain i'm in and it's like really it's accepting where i'm I'm at it's like okay i'm just going to accept that i'm in this space but dang time moves so fast so since everything's temporary it's going to go pretty quick it's going to go quick. It's going to go quick and I'm going to miss it. I'm going to actually miss it. And in that state, it's like I can have appreciation for the moment, no matter how, what I'm feeling in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love that. I, I actually try to see things not only from my higher self perspective, but my just elderly self, my ancestor sort of perspective, which I guess is a higher perspective. But, you know, how how do I see this moment of painful growth as a 90 year old? You know, like, how do I see my 30 year old self? I'm like, oh, man, you were just going for it. You you were struggling and you were believing in the illusion, but you were going to be fine. Like you were literally going to be fine in like yeah. less than a month. <laughs> and so I love that you said that this moment's going to go by so fast because it makes you really, really want to be with yourself. And I think that mm-hmm. when you really know that now is the only moment, it makes you just want to be so present to your experience because you're like, if this is all that's happening and it is then by God, I'm going to embrace it. Like, this is all that's happening. Like, I'm going to be here with this moment. Like, holy shit, this is all that's happening. Okay, I just want to be with myself, whether it's sadness, anger, joy. Like, I want to be fully here. And I think that, you know, when you really become present, like, you just experience a lot of things at the same time because I almost experience sadness mixed in with my joy when I'm fully Mm. present because I'm like, this moment is ending as it's starting. Like, oh, my God. Like, literally, as I speak, it's over. (laughs) Like, literally, as I say this sentence, it's ending. Like, and then you realize that's all of life. You're like, literally, as something is starting, it's ending. Oh, my God. Like, how tragic is that? But how amazing is that? That I'm constantly being rebirthed in every moment and dying at the same time. What is that? Like, I am dying and birthing all at the same time. Like, and then you just you just fall in love with life and that's really the game like that's that's the game it's actually just a mini birth and death in every moment if you think about every it every moment every and second is a birth and a death every second and i tell people all the time like you can change your life this second wow. there's nothing stopping you it's th- you're literally reborn this second you can think a new thought this second and it will change your state of being right now and it will change the way you act and it will create a ripple and it will align you to a different timeline you will literally change the fabric of this motherfucking universe right now Mm. and it's like i feel like when you have that knowing you're like oh my god i'm so powerful like i can i can literally change right now 
you know, when we when we think about how we're all connected, I feel like Aaron would say something like this, but when you think about <laughs> us as like all energy, like you smiling at a person changes the energy of the universe. Like everything you do, say, think changes the ripple of the universe because we are all one. There is no disconnection. There is no separation. Like we all come from the same thing and we're all going back to the same place. Like something, everything you do here matters. And that's why I always say the energy that you are in embodying is way more important than anything you create from that. Like those are just right. expressions of the energy that you are embodying. But the energy you are embodying is affecting your state of being, which is affecting your neighbor, your friend, your partner, each other, right? That is going to change so much more than a million dollars really a million dollars is just a byproduct of you doing that totally you... yeah holy crap my mind is blown sam <laughs> i actually have to say this has been my favorite podcast yet because i feel like you really just met me there and we like i said it was like that, i have a binaural beats audio that i listen to where it's like Ooh. It was like <laughs> i just felt like my body just like lightening up and expanding the entire time um and I'm so I am so grateful, actually, that you mm -hmm. have been going through some of your darker times because it gives you access to this kind of information. Dude, like, I did not I did not operate on this level before yeah. it. And I was actually reflecting on that this morning. Um, I was asking Erin to send me like some of these audios that she had been telling me about. And I was like, hey, can you send me these things? And the reason I told her is because when you're actually thinking and living in this frequency of like this 5D experience. So I found that a lot of the podcasts that I, that I used to listen to, I can't listen to anymore because like the information yeah. actually feels very at a lower level than I'm operating at, right? So I actually do listen to your podcast quite a bit because you're talking on that frequency. And um, I was asking her and I was like, wow, it's so crazy how when you're literally thinking differently, the, the content that you start to consume has to like meet you there, right? And I feel yes. like we totally met each other there. Like the energy was just like s pulsating this whole time. Oh my God. It was so dynamic. And mm -hmm. I'll also say too, not just the podcast, but obviously it's all frequency, but like music, mm -hmm. right? I bet your, I bet your musical tastes have changed. And I, um, I was in Vegas for a girl's trip in September. This time I was there for a real estate conference, but we did go out one time. So it's been like seven months between the experiences. And I went to the club once because, you know, you got to go once. And I was miserable. I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Like, you can probably feel all the entities and attachments. I felt the, I felt the darkness in there. Like, mm -hmm. because I wasn't at that frequency. I was going through something back in September. Like, I had like a whole breakdown. And then I was like, the, the trip was already scheduled. It was for a friend's birthday. And I tried to cancel. And they were like, you're not fucking canceling. And I was like, okay. So I went and I was like, I'm going to make the best time out of it. But I was kind of like in a low energy and just like drinking to raise the vibe. Right. right. So I was matching kind of the people in the room and I was just mm -hmm. kind of bobbing around with my head to the EDM music and I had a great time. And then this time I just was like, yo, the energy is dark in here. And I could, yeah. I could feel myself like taking it on a bit. Like I started to like, I've noticed the difference between what my own energy is now and like when I'm being kind of like molded and enmeshed. And I, I could feel that. And I was like, I need to go home. Like I, I need to leave. And so I left really early. And the next day I was like, not doing that again. Like you guys can go, but like, I'm not going. And I realized when I was flying home and especially when I walked into my apartment, cause I could feel then for real, like, oh, there I am. Like there's my energy. But that sort of vibration, not that anything's wrong with it. Cause remember vibration is all, the same like different iterations of the same thing but mm -hmm. it just didn't match me 
Right. It just didn't match me. And that doesn't make it wrong or bad. I was like, it's just not for me anymore. And so I was telling my husband when I got back, I was like, I don't think I'm going back like ever again. Like, I think, yeah. I think that was it. And I've had the experience and you want to create something new now. It's okay. And it's so interesting too, because, you know, I've been like with Aaron in the, in the physical a lot and it's, it's so funny, like neither we'll, we'll have drinks, but it's actually like that, even that vibration has vibrated out of our experience. So like we were being met with like, let's have cacao or let's have kava, which is like this like root that makes you feel a little bit buzzed or let's have like a microdose, you know, let's do some mm -hmm. mushrooms. And it's, it's so interesting how even those like lower experiences when you're really just living on this 5d plane they just vibrate out they're just like no you're not a match to that anymore you just need to and there's nothing wrong with them again you know like i might have a glass of wine at a wedding totally in a couple months who who, who the heck knows right but it's just like no rules there's no rules right mm -hmm. we can do whatever we want but it's just having this awareness of oh okay i need to it's almost just like minding your vibration <laughs> my oh i love that minding your vibration yeah and then noticing too when you are attracted to quote-unquote lower things like i i really use my palate to kind of tell me where my vibration's at because i can't crave mcdonald's when i'm vibrating at like i, I literally it sickens True. me to think about it but there are times where i'm like yo i want some fries and a fried chicken sandwich and sometimes there's a part of me that can honor that right so but cool. also i get i get curious about it too where i'm like am i feeling kind of low and like off like what have i sort of been yeah. you know entertaining in my psyche for a while and like do i need to do the work sometimes i just crave it and that's okay yeah depending on the time of the month but there are times when it, it's, it's an indicator, right? It's an indicator. And it's the same, the same goes for everything, right? Your relationships, right? We, we criticize the people that we attract into our lives, especially women who are dating. And it's like, what are you, what's your vibe though? Like mm -hmm. what's, what's your vibe? And when you take responsibility for that, you, you change what you attract. And so that is really what we're doing as, as coaches, healers is helping people mind their vibration. And then the universe does the rest. Because it really that, does the rest. It does the rest. I love that. Does that feel like a yeah. good stopping point for you? I feel complete. That was so good. That oh was, my gosh. Oh, it's so juicy. Literally so juicy. I've never done a podcast this long, but like I just couldn't stop. I was like, no, <laughs> we have to talk. We have to keep talking about this. Um, but Sam, like, thank you so much for coming on Alignment Academy. Do you want to just tell the audience where to find you and how they can work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on both Instagram and TikTok. I'm simplifying.sam. And if you want to work with me, I'm actually reopening the doors to my 10-week program, Massive Manifestation. We're, we're launching in June and we're starting in July. So this is the week of the final week of my current cohort. And it's been so transformative. I, I heard them last night actually tell me it was the second to last call. And they told me all the things that they've unlearned. Because it's like, it's funny because in most programs you ask what did you learn? And I was like, no, I want you to tell me what you unlearned. What did you release? What did you create space for? And um, there was actually a girl, and they all said amazing things, but one of them said something about how I just stopped resisting life. I, I started actually allowing my emotions and I started honoring my truth. And I literally at the end was about to start crying and I put my hands into prayer position and was like, my work is complete. <laughs> <sighs> Because the success is not like I made a thousand dollars or whatever. Those are great and, and we'll make you we'll help you get there. But it was just so beautiful to hear like I'm enjoying my life more. I'm happy. And wow. I'm happy now. And I was like, that's what you wanted to manifest. So again, that's what you always had access to. I just helped mm -hmm. you uncover that. So yeah, if you're interested in that, you can apply with the link in my bio. I'm sure there's a link there. I can and, link it too. Um, 
Yeah. Thank you so much, Kristen. And this was, oh my God, this was such an expansive conversation. And if you Mm -hmm. stuck with us for this entire almost two hours, then you are on our frequency because I think I would have dropped out probably four years ago. I would have been like, what are they talking about? Like they are crazy. I need to listen to like a money podcast. Right. But this was really for the 5D girlies. So if you are still here with us, we we totally love you. 5D queens. We love you. You stuck with us. You are here and we are making our own rules out here. Five mm-hmm. D queens. Yes. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>